Welcome to episode 119 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All those things to you, sir. Yeah, this is the last episode of 2019. It is. 2018. Going into 2019. You're confused because the episode is number 119. Yeah. So it rolled off the tongue. Easy. I had it in there. Yeah. Um, we got some gifts for each other. We do. Here, I'll hand you yours. Okay. This will be yeah, I'll hand you yours. This is a great radio. Enthralling radio. Always. You can hear us crinkling on pages. Let's describe what we're doing. Giving right, boxes, so go, giving bags. Let's go right into it. Beautiful wrap job. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the paper the wrong size, so I had to patch it up a little bit. I I cheated, and I had uh, my wife wrap it. And then she cheated and put it in a bag. So, come on, Stephanie. Ooh. It's a Tarmac Works on brand. Of course. A yellow ooh, uh, Evo 5. Yep. I'm the gift giver of diecast cars, and you are the gift giver of Dirt Rally, which is awesome, because I almost bought this when you talked about it the other day, so I'm glad I did not. I'm glad you didn't. Excellent. All right, this is cool. Um, this is a, a yellow Evo 5 Tarmac yes. Works, and these are 164 scale? Yep. Yeah, it's cool, because they're like turn yellow. There, There is another car. The oh, Puma one, right? No, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, Laser 5s, but there's another gift for you, another car, that's with the gift certificate that I also have for you and your wife that I told you guys I couldn't find and why I'm late tonight. Okay. So they're together somewhere in my basement. <laughs> so that's that's the... No, I like that. I like, it's a good-looking car in yellow. And that's no, I know you love them in casting, yellow, so. so Thank you. Yes, and likewise, thank you. Anyway, on to... No, there's more in there. Oh, oh shit. I almost threw it in the trash. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So those are from Average Squad, and I thought that sticker... It's perfect for uh, the Raider. Yes. It's perfect <laughs> for the sticker. It's perfect for the Raider. Perfect, perfect sticker for the Raider. We'll take some pictures of it. Yeah. It is, it's a red, white, black and white sticker, so it matches the Raider. Yeah. It's a skeleton with a beard, which is, you know, I have a beard, so that works. I think it's supposed to be one of the guys in the Average Squad. I think it's supposed to be Gary. No. no um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mr. Purvis. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And it says, uh, dead... And then it has, what do you call those in typeset? Um, Forward slash. Yeah. Reliable, but then reliable is crashed, crossed out. So yeah. That's definitely going on the truck. I think he says dead reliable a lot on their podcast. Okay. So that's, really like, oh, that's perfect. Dead. Just dead. Yeah, just dead. Not reliable. I like it. And then the other one? Well, the other one is the uh, Great Friends and OK Cars. Yeah. Which I'm actually really jealous that they came up with that because that is perfect for our podcast. It's, it's really good. Um, but yeah, I got those from Average Squad. If you go on their website, you can buy some of their stuff. They have some cool stuff. Yeah, that's where I got the sticker you noticed before I we recorded. I see one hanging on the wall. It's the Average Squad logo, but it's not up like the Waffle House. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also got their, it's on the Talon. I didn't show it to you yet. I got their um, plate bracket that says Average in the uh, Supreme font. Okay, I like that too. I was like, ah, oh, it works on that car. Yep, for sure. Oh, that's cool. I support these guys and buy some stickers. Yep. They're really nice too, actually. They're very glossy, like mm-hmm. thick stickers. Mm-hmm. I'll define who they. I use. got them on. Uh, they had a Black Friday sale. Oh, excellent! Mm-hmm. So, uh, that sticker's amazing. It's perfect. For I never it. even saw that before either. So, <laughs> I showed it to Jordan first. He goes, "Yep, that goes on the Raider." Well, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. I started to watch the Jim files. We were talking about that last week. Yes, how many episodes have you watched? Uh, like first, like three. It's, okay. it's definitely worth a watch. It's real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny going through it because I'm like, oh yeah, I know that person. Oh yeah, I've met that person. 
a bunch of people on there you don't know are involved in it that we've met through rally yeah, yeah tons really, really weird. through u.s rally stuff um I only know Ken Block and Rally stuff. I didn't know any of the skateboard stuff. I didn't because know we were never we were never into we're like not into skating, sports. so I didn't know any. I didn't know what DC shoes was until he showed up in Rally. Right. I was like, who? I knew a little bit because I was into bike riding a little bit more when I was younger. Yeah. But uh, and the first season I saw him was 2005, and I was like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? <laughs> yeah. How is he doing this? And uh, they talk about it. They're right. That first uh, Jim Connor was pretty wild. When it came out, you're like, oh, this is It was the first, cool. it was like groundbreaking. It was the first mm-hmm. time you'd seen any of those kind of tracking shots, and it's just a YouTube video, essentially. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, do you know what Gymkhana is? I know what the 60s, 70s, and 80s, like, English version of Gymkhana is, where it's kind of like a more complicated autocross. That's what it is. Okay. But uh, the word, I learned this first appeared in 1877. So it wasn't car related? Nope. So it was a likely modification of the Hindi word Gedkana and the Urdu word Gendkana, which literally means ball court. Okay. So that doesn't make much sense anymore then. Well, they also, it comes from the English gymnasium. So it came from... uh, you know, it's like a competition or a competition area. So, like, gymkhanas were clubs in the British-ruled part of India in the 19th okay. century. And they would have... So it's a competition. It doesn't make much sense that he calls his solo stuff gymkhana. It does, sort of. Based I mean, on the English, like, fancy autocross rules, it does. But Yeah. So, the, the word... Um, so, in the 19th century, gymkhanas were uh, competitions for athletics and equestrian skill by riders. And the term is still used today to describe horse-based events. Hmm. Uh, so in the mid-20th century, that's when it was starting to be used to describe car-based events of a similar fashion. As, where you're, yeah, as a lot of things went went from horses to cars around that time. Yeah, it's the same idea where you're wrangling a horse around, you'd go over jumps, you'd make them do different trots and stuff. And Okay. So it's it's that's the kind of the idea of it. It's to show off. It was to show off horse control, mm-hmm. and then Gymkhana was later used to show off car, car control. control. It's different from autocross because autocross, the course is mimics a racetrack lined out with cones, mm. whereas a Gymkhana is more obstacle based. So I know I've I've watched a bunch of Gymkhana videos because they're popular in. Um, English-ruled English ruled countries, yes. Yes, and I know... Like um, Australia. There's stuff England. in like, um, yeah, um, like, like Indonesia. Yeah. And they're and, and, uh, popular through Japan. I see a lot of people that do it because I do a lot of, you know, internet searching for Dodge Gold stuff. Mm-hmm. And those guys are very popular in like Indonesia and the Philippines and those kind of areas. And it's very popular there. And it's very interesting to watch because... It looks like an autocross, but then they have to do, like, handbrake turns around a pole. And then they have to do, like, uh, drifting around turns and reversing part of the course. Yeah, it sounds and really fun. It sounds really fun. It also looks really hard on cars. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, that's the thing that makes it different from an autocross. So there'll be, like, a parking box. You have to do a 180-degree spin, a 360 spin, figure eights. You yeah. have to reverse part of the course. Uh, and if drifting makes it faster to get through the course, then that's encouraged. Unlike it's in autocross where it's not encouraged. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of frowned upon. Um, and then the... So that's basically what it is, what it came from. So it makes sense in that 
uh, connotation why they use the name for it in the videos. Um, a, uh, interestingly, and actually I think we talked about this when your dad was on the podcast, his Corvette has a Gymkhana suspension. It does, yeah. GM called it that. Yeah, yeah that was offered through 1982, the Corvette. Hmm. Um, and, that you know, that's just kind of like, thought I'd throw that in there, a quick little history on the... Uh, no, I like What it. seemed like a made-up word for a viral video, if, you don't, if you're not if aware you're not of it. If you're not familiar with it, yeah. Um, but I think Hoonigan is like other streetwear brands where they appropriate stuff that they like, mm-hmm. and they pull this whole term out for... A video, I'm guessing, because it fits pretty well. It does fit with the English-style automotive Gymkhana events. Yeah. It's the same. It's not timed, but it's the same kind of handbrake turns and yeah. slides and... Yeah. Messing about with a car. Yes. And, you know, this is probably why we like Hoonigan so much, is that they pull influences from a bunch of different car cultures. Mm-hmm. And, like us, we have our own specific genres we like, but we appreciate kind of everything. Yeah, we're, we like a lot of stuff. I mean, once it gets outside of... There isn't much stuff that I can't take something from. Yeah. You know, as far as car stuff goes, because, I don't know, I just, I like everything. I mean, I don't love a, I don't, I'm not going to go out and buy a stanced out car, but I appreciate some of the motorsports influence that's in that style. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to buy a donked car, but I appreciate some of the work that goes into the bodywork on those cars. I'm definitely, I lean more towards the performance stuff. Yeah, of course. But I do appreciate some of the stuff, like I really like drifting. Mm Mm-hmm. What's performance? Yeah. With style. <laughs> and I like hot rod culture a lot. Yeah, but I also really like, and one of the reasons that I don't hate as much on stance culture as other people, you know, tend to, is because I'm really into 60s style customs. Like, well, I love slammed old American cars, which are made not drivable pretty much. Which is... Which is just 60s stance culture. Exactly. So, I It all comes from something. Yeah, I can't hate on it like other people do because I would build the crap out of a mid-50s American car, like mid-60s style. Well, to be honest, what else do you do with it? It's difficult to make it handle. Yeah, you make a drag car You could make it. a drag car or out of it. Or a stock restoration. Or a stock restoration. But it's kind of fun to make them really low Yeah. and cruise cars. So Yeah, I, I will very soon have something from the 50s American big, dumb, and low. So... That's my next move. <laughs> no, I, yeah, there's just so much stuff. It's, it's like, and I really want to, I'd like to go to more hot rod stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and check that out. Cause there is a, quite a few good hot rod things. And that's one of the things that, you know, going back to the Hoonigan thing is they appreciate all that stuff too, because they have people that work for them that are into that. Mm-hmm. And they have people that work for them that are into drifting and people that work for them that are into drag racing and, and rally. And yep. And when I went to the event there a month or so ago, um, beginning of December, the car that stood out, and I posted a picture of it, was that 53 Chevy. Yeah. It was stuffed on the ground. But that car also had, like, a warmed-over small block and a four-speed. Yeah. So that is ideal. It kind of combines things. Yeah. No, it's cool. Cool stuff. Um, Project car updates. Yeah. We have a couple, actually. More Raider updates. Raider is... We adjusted the parking brake. Waiting for license plates. And pulled it off the lift. Yeah. It's waiting for me to register it. Cool. So that's, and then just driving around a little bit, and before I try to make it my daily, you know, vehicle, put some miles under its belt and change the fluids and get it just ready to go. Yep. So that shouldn't be long. It just depends on when I can break out of work and get to the registry. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's done. Yeah, no, I'm stoked. 
so now I can start to concentrate on the things that I've been putting off on it. Like, I do need to, you know, tighten up the little bodywork in the back where this mm-hmm. wheel well is going to hole in it and fix that. And yeah. But overall, it's not a terrible condition as far as New England rust goes. So that's a pretty solid truck. So then, speaking of that, we pushed the brown Colt on the lift. Mm. It was the yeah. 80. Yeah, 1980. Uh, the shifter cable was broken. It's the first of the front-wheel drive Colts. Actually, it's, a, it's the second year. The 79 was, but it's the same body style, body obviously. Style. Yeah. Uh, the rear brake line broke. It was leaking fluid. Yep. Uh, you basically wanted to look the car over. Yeah, before I started ordering parts for it, I wanted to go through it because it's been sitting for a long time. It's been a New England car since, you know, it was built in early 1980. So it's never been treated great. Um, when I got it, it was pretty crunchy already. So I just drove it because it wasn't worth spending the money to fix the rust and it wasn't worth preserving beyond what it was other than washing it and making it last as long as I could. Um, but unfortunately, when we put it on the lift and saw that the flo- the carpet was pretty much the floor, there were a lot of places yep. where you could just touch the bottom of the carpet, um, which wouldn't be a big deal. I could pull the carpet out and just weld some patch panels down and call it a day. But the real issue was with the rear suspension mounts to the vehicle it was starting to separate from the vehicle. So obviously, you don't want to drive a car that your rear wheels might just fall behind on the highway on so and the rocker panels were missing and rocker panels aren't a big deal either they could have just been patched up real quick and kept going but what 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 really put it over the edge is that section where the suspension mounts to the car so the problem with the car like this is that it was i mean do you want to say what you spent on it was it the magic number i think it was an 800 dollar car yeah yeah and then you put tires and front brakes on it Inexpensive I, tires. I paid sixty dollars for four tires. Yeah, and I think I paid like twelve dollars for brakes on a Rock Auto. Otherwise, you did nothing to the car. Other, enjoyed other it. than fluid changes and cleaning it. That's all I ever did to the car. Yeah. So, the problem with a car like this is that it wasn't worth a lot to begin with. Right. And once you start going down that road of repairing it, the, the per- unfortunately it cascades. The purchase price isn't what sells or doesn't sell to me as far as repairing the car goes. It's more. Is the car replaceable? How far gone is it? How upside down would I be if I ever did try to get rid of it? That's what I mean. Yeah. But sometimes that doesn't affect me as much because you have a passion for that particular vehicle. Yes. This one here, I like it, but it's not my main interest, you know? And there are more of them out there. I know a few of them for sale right now. They're in much better condition. They're in much better shape. You could also not buy another one and buy something completely different. Right. And have a completely different driving experience. Oh, 100%. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm yes. just saying if I wanted to, yes. it is replaceable. Yes. Um, and if I wanted to, I wouldn't replace it with the same car. I would wait until I found a turbo. Exactly. Yeah. Because they made the car in a turbo version with the you know dual shifter, yeah, yeah split gearbox, eight-speed. So. But my point is sometimes with a project car, it spirals out of control quickly. That was never intended to be a project car. Exactly. That was bought as a running driving car. That was pretty much on its last legs already and i knew that going in um and i drove it all year and i drove it it was six years ago and i'm into the car for it, not counting registration and insurance probably eleven hundred dollars over the past six years five years exactly it's been. so so you enjoyed it you drove it i did uh, i gave it another four or five years of life unfortunately it has wouldn't to be had. recycled yep that kia metal's got to come from somewhere yeah 
but it's just not it's just not worth the effort when that effort can be spent it's on not. fixing. I did put it out there toward the community of cult owners if anybody wants it for parts or wants any specific parts. Um, I do have one person who's interested in just coming and picking the whole thing up. Come and grab it. And I told him he I'll put the title in the glove box and the key in the ignition and he can come. I mean, technically, you could drive it out of there. You got to use the e-brake to stop. <laughs> Chase your bliss. But he's got a really nice one. And uh, the interior in his isn't mint. So the interior in that car is pretty nice. And All right, fair it enough. Would be great for parts for him because parts are not super easy to come by. So And he's not that far away. He's about a five-hour drive away. So he just hook up a trailer and come get it. All right. So he has, you know, I told him, let me know, and if uh, he wants it, come get it. If not, unfortunately, nobody around here wants it, and it's going to go to the, you know, great cult graveyard in the sky. Sure. But with 99.9% of the rest of them. (laughs) It is what it is. It happens sometimes with these old cars. It's not... uh, Especially in New England. Yeah. You know, people junk cars in Arizona and California that need brakes, so... Yeah. This car is far beyond that level. Yeah. So speaking of rusty chassis, I uh, to prevent that, I fluid filmed the Montero. Um, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It doesn't. I mean, it I watched the process be done, and I said I don't ever want to do that. It didn't get everywhere. No. I'd do it again. It wasn't too bad. I did it in my driveway. Um, it doesn't. Uh, it kind of looks like bacon grease when you take it out of the or, gallon or container. Butter, yeah. Uh, yeah, like oily peanut butter, like a natural peanut butter. Yeah. Or like a dollar store peanut butter. I'm thinking, no, I, I go like, I'm talking upscale, like Teddy oh, peanut okay. butter. Is Teddy upscale? Yes, it is. I don't it's know. The all natural stuff. I don't know. That, I know it's local. I didn't know it was upscale. The, the Skippy I'm, and the Jiffy is... Uh, I'm, I'm going to really like tick off some listeners right now. What? Because I'm not a peanut butter fan. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You I don't, don't like eat peanut, peanut butter. butter. I like the flavor of peanut butter. I hate peanut butter. Yeah. Like right now, we're drinking Ballast Point Peanut Butter Victory at Sea, and it is delicious. Yeah. But I don't like peanut butter on a sandwich. Rose, we we get a lot of Ballast Point beer on this show. It's delicious. Yeah. They make a good product. Yeah. It's not local either. It's California. It's California. Uh, Grapefruit Sculpin's good in the summertime, but mm-hmm. this is my go-to winter one. I this typically is not like the go-to vic- winter one. Normally, it's regular Victory at Sea without Victory peanut sea. butter. Yeah. But this peanut butter one, I think, is new. Mm-hmm. It is. So speaking of peanut butter, that uh, fluid film... I have a uh, sprayer that I bought as a kit with the air compressor. It sprayed pretty well. Mm-hmm. I got most of the truck covered, I think. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to put it on the lift and touch it up a little bit with aerosol. But, you know, it, it's, it doesn't smell that bad. It's non-toxic. It didn't really make a huge mess. It was just kind of, like, annoying because I was crawling around on the ground. Right. Uh, I didn't wear latex gloves because I left them at my dad's house. But uh, I got it all over my hands. But they were buttery smooth afterwards. I say it's probably, like, a moisturizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That stuff's kind of, it's it's weird stuff. I don't <laughs> they probably sell it at CVS as a moisturizer, probably. and you just don't even know it. Probably. But, so that's that, what, what I did. What was that old uh, Three Stooges sketch? The dessert topic. It's a floor wax. I don't remember. Oh, I forget what it was called. I must, that's, probably watch it on New Year's Eve. It'll, it'll be on yeah. whatever our local, whatever the channel's called now. It used to be 38, but I don't think it's 38 anymore. I think they do that nationwide. I Do they? I think it's a nationwide thing. I've never lived anywhere but here, so... Yeah, I. if somebody wants to, to comment back on this, any uh, listeners outside of New England, I'm pretty sure that it's nationwide that you watch the Three Stooges on Christmas Eve, but... No. It's not. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. No, it's New Year's Eve. Whichever day it is. Watch it New Year's Eve. You stay in and you watch Three Stooges. 
Stooges. Stooges. <laughs> um, I don't know what. It, uh... All right, so Project Car resolutions for 2019. It's on IFC this year, so that's international. That, that's definitely nationwide. Uh, we'll do a quick Project Car update. Project Car recap, sorry, of 2018. Okay. So I've got mine ready to go. If you want to think about yours. Um, so the Galant. That Your was Galant. My Galant. That was uh, I got it back to running as it should. I put a factory coolant fan and radiator in it. This is all the beginning of the spring too. Uh, I also needed ECM link and a tune. Just still needs a little tinkering. I swapped the fuel tank to a stock one that didn't have that weird sump in it. Uh, I had to do the rear brakes. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. But uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Quick rundown of Andrew's 2018. I did brakes and everything. Brad, onto you. Yeah. I'm happy I did all that because uh, it should be pretty much ready to go for 2019 driving season. There's not much left. Uh, and on the Montero. I stay corrected. It wasn't a three stooges thing. It was a Saturday Night Live thing. Yeah. Sorry. I fixed the valve cover leak on the Montero and discovered I left a paper towel in the engine. Oh, that was this year? That was that this year. That seems like so long ago. Uh, I put on the ADD skid plates. I did the front and rear brakes. <laughs> yep. Uh, currently, truck is in good good shape. Actually, did we ever finish the video for the rear skid plate? I did, and I posted it. Okay, good. Yep. I wasn't sure. It's up. Uh, Subaru. It's a bunch of stuff to this car. Figured out the EVAP leak. Got yeah, a that sticker. Was a, that was a nightmare, too. I didn't get the sticker till August. Right. And because it went like six it months without it, it January. expires next month. But the car is 15 years old now. It doesn't need to pass emissions. But it would now. It would. Yeah. <laughs> um, fixed a coolant leak. Found an oil leak. Replaced the oil pan. Fixed the oil leak in the oil cooler. Replaced the rotted suspension parts at the front of the car. Fixed another coolant leak. New front brakes and calibers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fixed the coolant leak at the upper hose. <laughs> um, so far, so good on that car right now. Uh, I have to do the... Well, I'll get to that from the resolutions. Uh, so Talon pulled it out of storage, installed dual piston front calipers, replaced the worn factory stuff, mm-hmm. braided brake lines, caster bushings with the control arms, uh, new arm for one side to replace the ball joint, new rear pads, mounted the fuel pressure regulator to the firewall, new tires for HRE wheels, and a new mirror because I broke the passenger side one. <laughs> okay. Drove the car for the first time in four years. That was amazing. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot, but it's a lot of things. That's a it's a good year. Yeah, and two of those cars, the Gallant and the Talon, was because we wanted to go to Radwood shows with them. So right, that uh, helped out. Which we'll add a third to. Yep. We we'll get to my story. So the Camaro. So we'll start. I think the first car we worked on this year for me was probably the Camaro. I think so. Yeah, I did that earlier in the year. Didn't wait. Did we go back and? Didn't we start on the Raider when it was cold out in the early spring? No, we started. Had you already put a head on that? Was that last year? I think we started on the Gallant. We did start on the Gallant. Yeah. We took the head off of it. Yeah. That was like in February of this year. Yeah. So we started with the Gallant. We finally dug into what was wrong with it. Um, we had, the engine was sent out, the, the block, and machined. Oh, yeah. Um, the cylinder head was sent out and cleaned and planed. You checked the oil gaps. Checked, yep, checked the oil gaps. Did like I said, sent the cylinder head out. They checked to make sure it was flat, and they tanked it and cleaned it. Yep. Until that was done. Um, so and that then, needs a few more parts and to be assembled. 
It needs a few more parts, yeah. Which will happen in the next month or so. Hopefully. If all goes according to plan. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, we did not do anything with the Raider in the spring. That was last year. That was last year. All right. Um, it was a very interesting year for me financially, so didn't have a lot of money to do much stuff. What did we do the Raider? No, we did something to the Raider to pull it over there because we had been starting it, starting it, starting it, and that's what killed the starter. Oh, we did the brakes in the Raider. Yes. We did all the brakes in the Raider. Yep. We, we, we made it run last year. Oh, that's right. You guys made it run while I was in Portugal. Yeah. Well, you guys made did the brakes while I was in Portugal. That's what happened. I remember now. Was it? I yeah, you guys the brakes. No, I wasn't there. It was Jordan was helping you. No, I remember because I bent the brake line, so that means that you weren't there because you would have taken that job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yes, we had the brakes on the Raider because we made it run last year. Um, I dragged the NSU out of storage the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. Got that started and running. Um, then ran out of money and didn't finish the brakes on that either. Um, the Colt, I fought with the overheating problem all year. Yeah. And we finally got that knocked because it wasn't really overheating. <laughs> it was just an issue with the gauge. Yeah. My dad's um, like, here, use this infrared thermometer and just figure it out. Yeah. Well, it was it was still getting a little warm, so it's good that we did the water pump and the radiator and all yeah. that stuff. Um, and the big one was the Sapporo. Always get over the Camaro now. So the Camaro, I pulled out for the first time in like three years. Yeah. Fixed that simple little problem of the oil mechanical oil pressure gauge, the factory one inside the car. After, you know, car turned 50 this year. So after 50 years, the plastic tubing that goes to it broke. Man, the build quality is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Only last 50 years. Um, so I replaced that. Drove that a few times this year, so that was good. That needs a little bit more front-end work and new tires Tires before that goes too many more miles. Um, probably should go through it, like bushings and stuff in the front-end, too. The steering box needs to be rebuilt because it's got a lot of slop, yeah. or at least tightened. It needs tires, for sure, and, and alignment. You should flush stuff like brake fluid. And uh, the brake fluid's not that old. It's not? No, because remember the master cylinder went a few I years ago? Yeah, so it got flushed out then. Um, also did the Sporo. That was the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, that had been sitting for a couple of years as well. Yep. So it's good. All this stuff been sitting for years. When I come to think of it, now it's not sitting. It's moving and working. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ready to go for 2019, really, to start driving at least. Yeah. They're now to the point where you can drive them and work on them. Yeah. Turnkey and go. Um, well, I don't know about turnkey and go, but they're, they're drivable projects now. I started both the Colt and the Sapporo and the Saab last week to move things around the garage, and all of them fired it up and moved. So, um, the Sapporo, we did the transmission, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much the big thing in the Sapporo. Got that all taken care of to go to Radwood and Philly. Yeah. You got to do the brakes. I got to do the brakes. I forgot about that. I do still have to do the front brakes on that because they're gone. metal to metal. Yeah, they're pretty pretty much metal to metal. Not quite, but pretty much there. So that's got to get done in that car. Um, and we need, I need to do a coolant temp sensor, which is not a big deal. Um, also in the Raider. But <laughs> you get a bulk deal on them. You know, I used to keep one in the glove box of every Mitsubishi because they just go bad. Mm. So, but yeah, that's that's what happened this year in those cars. That's a pretty good list too, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So you're. I started rid- the year with one running vehicle, and now I have like five. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Not to mention, in between all of that, we helped. Jordan and Liz with some other friends. Yeah, the rally car started. Rally car going because they got it New Year's Eve last year. Yeah, yeah. So we spent that year building that thing too. I mean, not to take credit for it because no, they no, certainly no. did most no, of the work. They did most of the work, but we popped in. We definitely helped out a lot every now and then, and did like some hero stuff and looked really cool. 
And then let I don't them, know if I, I don't then, know if I call it hero stuff. And then but. let them slog through the hard stuff. Yeah. We came at the last minute and tightened the last bolt. Yeah, look, I did it. Yeah, have a good day. Actually, no, you did all the electronics in the car, which was huge. You rewired the whole front of the car. Yeah. And that was a big job. But that's good. Yeah, we did a lot of stuff. We worked on Jordan's truck a lot. And yeah, there was a good amount of stuff this year. Was the timing belt? No, that wasn't. I was thinking Joe's car. That was last year. Yep. So. so what do you got? So for the your 2019 project car resolutions are to use the Raider. Okay. Drive it every day. Mm-hmm. Take off road trips with it. Yep. Um, finish the Saab so I can have two clunkers as daily drivers. Mm-hmm. So I'll always have theoretically the two car clunker system. Yes, I'll always theoretically have one clunker in operating condition. Yeah. Um, Functional disrepair. Yeah. Next level of importance is going to be the Gallant engine, so yep. I can make that car drivable. Um, that car may or may not stay with me after I finish it, just because I have so much stuff, and I'm trying to pare down, and I'm trying to get ready to move. Um, but I probably will at least drive it for the summer. Yeah, and enjoy it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I want to get more practice welding, because I took a welding course like four years ago, and I haven't done much since other than some really bad bubblegum welds in the back of Jordan's um, STI to stop his trunk from leaking. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to get better at that. So I have the old white styrene we can just practice on. We can both get better at it by just practicing on that because it doesn't really matter what it looks like Mm -hmm. because we're just going to take it to drivable beater status and just do events with it. So I'd like to do I'd like to have that car to a point where we can do a TSD in it an autocross in it, and maybe even an amateur like Club Loose Day. Sure. I think it'd be fun in that car. It would be. Yeah. And uh, less on me and more on paying somebody else to do it. I want to get the front end, the crash damage fixed on the RX-7. So mm-hmm. I don't claim to be really good at bodywork, um, but I do. Well, the nose is tweaked, so it has been pulled. It's going to frame machine, and that's yeah. what I'm not going to be good at. Everything else is replacing parts, bolting on parts. There's no actual, like, straightening sheet metal other than the radiator support and the end of the, the apron, the inner fender apron. So those are my uh, my goals for the year. And and whatever else I have time for on top of that, you know, the Camaro stuff I talked about, and I still have that other weird 79 Colt line around, do something with it. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of stuff to keep me busy. And uh, I think where right now I'm living really close to where all the cars are and where we work on cars, it might be a little easier to get them done. Move the needle quite a bit on the amount of cars that you needed to have work on, though. Yeah, like we said, I had one running vehicle in January, and now I have five. So that's, that's good. A, that's a pretty good, pretty good change. Yeah, and now it's easier that you can drive them a little bit, fix them, drive them a little bit. If yeah. one If one breaks. Fix it as quickly as Not possible. Not park it and just drive another one? Yes. Yeah, that's the plan. Yes. As so, the... And then my ultimate goal for 2019 is to move out of New England. So. Okay. Don't worry. We'll, we can do this remote. We have the technology. We'll... Oh, I'm sure they're real worried about it. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Everybody <laughs> spit out their coffee. What? Um, yeah, so I want to fine-tune the glant. I want to paint the window trims. Yeah, that's a simple project that we've been putting <laughs> off for years. I have the paint sitting over there on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, Talon, I've got a front-mount intercooler we stare at every week in the studio here that needs to go in the car. Yes, you do. And the pipes that are sitting in the corner. I'm going to have those powder-coated. I want to have the valve cover 
repowder coated again the stock colors. Okay. And I want to do the the intercooler pipes like a semi gloss black. Take it down from the um, yeah. 2001 Andrew Boy Racer. So I want to make it look Red more um, like a stock yeah. engine compartment. A slightly warmed over stock stuff. Uh, that car needs to be fine tuned a bit. And if I'm lucky, I'll get some coilovers for it so it won't be three miles in the air. Yes, that's a good plan. Um, or I'm coming over with a torch and cutting a couple coils out anyway. Whatever. It works. It does work. <laughs> it runs and drives. And you don't have to worry about pulling in the driveways. I did notice, though, sitting in the garage, one of those wheels has a slow leak, which is kind of a bummer, but whatever. And if the Montero breaks, you can take the talent off-road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Subaru was just to keep up with maintenance and do the rear brakes. Yep, and we got to put the sway bar in somehow. Yeah, we're gonna, I bought the original factory metal brackets. Oh, did you buy them already? Okay, so what we're All doing... of the parts for, to mount the rear sway bar from the factory, yep. $36. Nice. So we'll also get more welding practice with that. Yeah, a couple spot welds will hold those in place yeah. just fine. Uh, the Montero, I want to go off-road more. So maybe some frame sliders. Okay. If we get to it. Do they make them for that truck, or are you going to buy a, like a build No, but uh, ADD clued me into the correct length you buy, universal ones. Okay. So more welding practice. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We'll have to clean off the fluid film really well. Yeah, it won't stick to that, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, new shocks, possibly. Okay, those are standard shocks all around, right? It's not a strut in the front? Or yeah. Anything? Yeah, they're pretty standard. Okay. I was looking at, nobody really runs them, but I'm curious to try them. Coney makes a tr- uh, off-road shock called the Heavy Track. Okay. And they're adjustable. And everybody kind of runs Bilstein's, which mm-hmm. is cool. I like Bilstein's. Yeah, Bilstein's but, a good product. But so are Coney's. Like, high-end Coney's are nice. Oh, well, we used to have trouble with, no, it's KYB's. KYB's are junk. With. Yeah, Coney's are Coney's good. are good. So I'm kind of curious to try those because nobody really runs them and to see how they are and well, this uh, is a reason for it they run them in like australia actually stuff. i have conies in my truck no you have kybs no there yep are they yep why'd i do that for because they were inexpensive what a dummy they the that's right they literally took like an hour to change all four yeah so. there's kybs in my truck right now and they're the problem with the kybs in those trucks is they're very stiff mm-hmm. so, so even if you go with the yeah if you go with the bilsteins or the the conies they should be a, a bit softer. They do run them in Australia, so Australia they're they're really good at picking out four by four parts. So we'll see. If I'm really into it, maybe I'll get some old man emo emu springs for the back of it. But we'll see. Of course, you can get all that stuff at ADD Adventure Driven Design. Except for, for sure, except for the conies. But I'm going to test those out myself. They uh. They back the Bilsteins, but that's because they're proven. Yep. So oh, for sure. I want to go... Uh, do they sell the Bilsteins there? Yes, they do. Okay. I want to go cowboy, so try something different, but we'll see what happens. Unless somebody has really bad information already for us before Andrew spends his money. Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to get Coney's for the Subaru. That's... Uh, I'm going to not spend any more money on the Subaru. I'm going to get some Coney's for the Subaru. Well, if the, <laughs> if the shocks blow out again... Right. Then I'm definitely going to just put conies in. Mm-hmm. I put inexpensive stalkers in the rear. They were free um, for now. Right. So just to make it drivable. But if those blow out again, I will definitely go with a, a Coney insert. But uh, that's pretty much it. Anything else? I do have an interesting fact I learned this week. Okay. And I'd like to share it with you and see if you have ever heard this fact before. All right, go for it. Because I did not know it, and it's definitely car-related. Um. We don't do a trivia segment on the show, but we can kind of call it trivia question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know 
what the original name of Cadillac was. When Cadillac came out, mm-hmm. you know, General Motors brand, luxury brand in the United States, Cadillac. Do you know what its original brand name was? I didn't know it had an original one. It did. I thought it was always Cadillac from the... It was not. came out in like... I know like... Isn't like the 1916 Cadillac considered the first car with the standard controls? Did we we discuss that one time? Yeah, I don't remember the exact year. I think it was a Cadillac was the first car with standard controls. I don't remember the year though. So it had to be the early 1900s. Um, and wasn't Cadillac's slogan always like the standard for the world or something? Yep. I'll tell you, it started in 1902. Interesting. Yeah, that's when it became Cadillac from its original name. Well, Cadillac is a town in Michigan. Cadillac is a town in Michigan, yes, but it's named technically after, um, I think his name was Antoine Lamoth Cadillac. Really? He was the person who founded um, Michigan, I think, or Detroit? Detroit. He found, founded Detroit. Okay. So that's what it's called Cadillac now, but that's not why, it was not what it's originally called. I don't know what Cadillac was originally called. The Henry Ford Company. What? Yes. What? Henry Ford started Cadillac. Okay. But he started as the Henry Ford Company, as a reorganization of the Detroit Automobile Company. Oh, the, a lot of the early car stuff is pretty crazy. It's all, like, intertwined. So Henry Ford started three companies before he started Ford. Yeah, you have all these, like, capitalists in the early 1900s. Right. But it was, I was like... I was just shocked to learn that Cadillac, the General Motors, like, you know, luxury brand, started under Henry Ford. Early, as a different brand. Early Detroit is probably like Silicon Valley. Oh, for sure. We just had a bunch of people that just knew how to start car companies and yep. were just trying things. Yep. So he had a big disagreement with his other uh, partners, and they paid him $900 to leave. <laughs> and he did. I have heard this story now. Yeah. yeah I just didn't. I had no idea. I, I was reading yeah. in um, Hemming's Classic Car. There was an article, basically about just the it's a, it's a special special issue of the magazine. It's got a lot of Model A, Model T, early Ford content in cool. it. Cool. And uh, that was one of the statements I was reading. I was like, wait, what? I had to go back and read it again. Like that doesn't make any sense. That actually reminds me because I, I was talking to this about my dad the other day. The my grandfather has a '75 Cadillac that hasn't been driven in a while. Yep. And in 2019, I'd like to to get that back on the road for sure. And just drive it and enjoy it with everyone, family. Especially give your grandfather rides in it because it's his car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have to find a couple things for it, like horns and some seatbelts. Horns are easy. Seatbelts yeah. are the difficult part. It's It's got a really funny story because the guy he bought it from had a Volvo and didn't like the horns in it. Right. And he already parked the Cadillac and wasn't yeah. using it. So he stole the horns out of his Cadillac and put them in the Volvos. Right. This Cadillac currently has like 1980 Volvo horns, which are right. like, me, me. Yeah, they don't, like, really fit, they don't really fit the car. <laughs> yeah. Like Boss Hog going down the street, and then you're like, you know, yeah, not Boss Hog. No. You honk the horn. No, and then of course it was the '70s, so seatbelts are not cool. So the guy like cut the lap belts out of it. Yep. <laughs> so we need to find seatbelts for the car. <laughs> so if anybody has any connection for mid S- '70s GM seatbelts, preferably in red. '75 Cadillac. Yeah. I mean, I guess black would probably be okay too, but preferably in red. It's a white coupe Eldorado. White vinyl roof. It's got a quarter vinyl roof, like the like a Landau style top in the back. Oh, that's right. It's not a full vinyl. Yep. And uh, red leather interior. Oh yeah, it's the car. And it's got what nineteen thousand miles on it. Twenty seven thousand, I think. It's so low. It's a brand new car. The last time it was on the road was when I was the year I was born. So go figure. Yep, that's a long time ago. Front wheel drive, chain drive. Yep. I, 
You we thought, talked about the Vector a couple You thought you were going to stump me with a yeah, Vector I forgot, you, I forgot you owned an Eldorado. <laughs> we talked about it. Uh, 500 cubic inch V8. Yeah, 170 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rip-roaring car. Yeah. With tires that are like the same size as the tires of my dad's Blazer. They're huge tires. <laughs> it's like if you put them up next to the Montero, they're probably like 31-inch tires. Yeah. yeah, they're huge tires. But it's probably a 6,000-pound car or more. So... They have a, big tires. And they have this really crazy wheel design, my dad was telling me, when the, you go to have tires mounted on the car. They're like a, they're almost like a split rim or something. Hmm. They're designed after the early cords because it was a front-wheel drive car. I know they have a super high positive offset. Yeah. You can't really buy a custom wheel for them because no. they're just a weird size. Yeah. yeah. There's companies now that make, you know, like big steel wheels for them, mm-hmm. but they're not uh, common. No, it's got the cool, like, three-inch white walls on it. Oh, yeah, it's the car. Yeah. It's, it's got to be cool to you'd, cruise that thing around. Yeah, you'd cruise up to the, the country club in yep. 1976. and <laughs> You bought it in 76 or 75? 75. So you bought it in 75. Yeah. Couldn't get any gas for it for the first five years of driving it. It's true. Which is why it probably has 27,000 miles on it. Oh, yeah. I didn't, well, the guy that owned it owned a gas station. Okay. So <laughs> he, he he was exempt from the rules then? Yeah. He can get as much as he wanted? So. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That was right. Peak gas crunch. It's a weird time to buy, a, buy an Eldorado, yeah. Yeah. Can't get gas. What do you want? I want a car that gets nine miles to the gallon. I know. I bet the fuel tank is the size of the one of the Montero. It's probably 20-something gallons, I bet. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a cheap car to run. It's funny, though. Well, gas isn't too bad right now. It's funny, though, that the for a long time they were not. They were, like, maybe a little bit cool when they came out. Then they were not cool for a very long time. Right. And now they're coming back around. It's uh, 5,400 pounds. Where that malaise era car yeah. is, like, really cool again. Yep. It's early malaise era. Yeah. yeah. So, it's fun. We should have some fun yeah. with that. 5,400 pounds in a five-passenger car. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The giant trunk. Yeah. No. But we should, Oh, and then I remember it's got an A-track, too, that's like in the face of the radio, like where the tuner is, and you put the A-track through it. That's cool. Yeah, where the numbers are. It's yeah, up. it's like you tune the stations, you put the A-track in My there. mom's 80 Cadillac at the same radio. Yeah, so that's pretty fun. Well, anything else? No, I'm just trying to find out what the uh, size is in the gas tank of that car, but it's not that easy to find, apparently. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. I'm very curious now, though. Well, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Out Off Topic Podcast. 27.5 gallons. Wow. Yeah. That is bigger than the Montero. For sure. Montero is 24. And I think your diesel truck is like 19 or 20. 20 gallons. Yeah. So it's 190 horsepower. Yep. At 4,000 RPM. What's the torque though? It's pretty good torque, I think. Uh, it doesn't list it here in this particular <laughs> site that I'm on. Sorry. All right, we'll wrap this up. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. On Instagram, Auto Off Topic. You can find me on Instagram, Race and Anger. I'm trying to post my favorite shots I took in 2018. You should go back and do the same, Brad, too. You have some cool shots. Even with your phone, it counts. Yeah. No, it actually, I got a new lens for my camera for Christmas, too, so it should oh, be yeah. more... more I'll show uh, you the uh, depth of field stuff. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Naomi, for that. So, you can find you at... TSISS350. All right. On that, Happy New Year, keep your cars analog, and aim for the roses.